just when you thought it was safe to go onto iTunes. This is Next Level Guy. The only website that makes self-development as fun as going to the movies. It's time to take the red pill and escape the Matrix. What's happening guys? It's time for another episode of the Next Level Guy Show Podcast with your favourite shooter, Ian Dawson Mackay. Next Level Guy is the go-to's men's interview, interest and improvement website where I quiz the experts to find out the hacks, tips, methods and protocols that you can implement in your own life to take it to the next level and live happier, healthier, wealthier, sexier and so much more. Today's guest is biohacker extraordinaire and best-selling author, Ben Angel. He aims to help you unleash your ideas and potential through your true self onto the world with such a conviction and courage that you'll succeed. In this interview, we go on a journey into the world of biohacking, how you can amend your internal and external biochemistry, and it'll allow you to reach peak performance. The aim of this interview is to allow you to fully realise your potential and merge your dreams with your reality by biohacking your way to peak performance. I hope you enjoy this as much as I did and take a pen and paper because there's a lot of notes and a lot of actions you'll want to take straight away. Enjoy. Seriously, thank you so much for doing this. I, I really appreciate it. Um, oh, it's my pleasure. Know, I'm a big fan of things that look at things from a sort of two-pronged front and they actually deal with the issues from both sides. Um, yeah. Can you just tell people who maybe don't know your name just a little bit about yourself? So say we're in an elevator and we've got like 30 seconds between floors. How would you describe who you are and you know what you had, like, what you did as a living? Because you do quite an amazing job. Yeah, so I've kind of transitioned career paths recently. I've always been in the personal development field. So if I was in the elevator now, I would say I help people biohack their way back to health. And that's through both looking at the psychology of what they're doing, as well as the biochemistry and how the biochemistry impacts and influences that psychology. It's certainly not what you'd expect. <laughs> it's the first point. <laughs> I mean, where did this interest come from? I mean, I've, I was looking up your your previous history and stuff like that, and it it's quite amazing. But I mean, it's if you had to pinpoint the point that you knew this like biohacking and looking into this sort of thing was your like was going to be an interest and possibly career for you you know would there be something that you could pinpoint from your childhood or yeah like i was always interested in health and fitness as a child i studied to be a personal trainer when i think i was about 18 years old i also um, became an accredited life coach when i was about 22 so i kind of started in the personal development field very early on because I had depression in an on and off as a kid and throughout my adult years but it was back in March of 2017 that I'd had the severe depression I think it was for roughly around 18 months after I'd done a three-month trip overseas traveling around the US and Canada and when I got back it, it just kind of hit me like a brick wall it was just immediate and it didn't matter what I did at that point in time I was going to doctor after doctor I was still meditating. I had a personal trainer working out twice a week. I was following a nutritionist plan. I was doing all of the right things, and yet I felt like hell. And it was back in 20, March 2017 that it kind of got to the point that I started having suicidal thoughts. 
And I thought, all right, if, if I'm going to be able to fix these issues, then I kind of have to change my focus and kind of go back to personal development, which has always been my passion. For the past few years, I've been very much a educator in the online marketing space, teaching people how to get media, build businesses, Facebook advertising, video marketing, the whole lot. So in March of 2017, I kind of got to that point. I thought the only way I'm going to fix this is if I can dedicate more time to it because I only had maybe two to three hours in the morning, mid-morning, that I was focused and I had energy to get things done. But when the afternoon hit, I was a write-off. I would have to nap three or four times a day just to get through the day and that's certainly no way to live. And I came up with this crazy idea which... I don't know if I ever really believed at the time that it was going to happen, but I pitched a book idea to Entrepreneur Magazine basically saying I would go on this 90-day mission to buy a hack my way back to health. And I'd interview people like Dave Asprey, who I'd just heard his book at that point in time. Never in a million, I, like I wasn't really sure if I'd ever actually get to interview him or not. We're talking about like tracking down a New York Times bestselling author and actually traveling to Canada and meeting him. And I kind of sent the proposal, went on, started seeing some improvements. I started experimenting with natural nootropics, which we can talk about later. And then the Entrepreneur Magazine actually got back to me several months later and said, we absolutely love the idea. We'd love to go ahead. And I said, well, there's one caveat. I don't know what the final chapter is going to be because I don't know if I'm going to get my outcome. And they're like, that's okay. We want to go on this journey with you. So that kind of kicked me into, I guess, this full kind of move biohacking movement that I'd really at the very beginning of this journey knew little about. But what I found in talking to neuroscientists, and I did get to interview Dave Asprey um, and other kind of famous biohackers too, doctors, clinical social workers, is that when we look at peak performance, we typically look at the psychology of a peak performer, what time of day they get up, kind of their working hours, what their daily routine is. But we never normally look at the biochemistry that supports and fuels that peak performing psychology. So we've had all of our focus on one side of the equation and we've kind of gone too far down one path with the self-help industry. And I've been part of that problem in the past, I've always believed like depression or anxiety, you can kind of think your way out of it. But the reality is we always default to our biochemical set point. So if that's gearing us towards fatigue, anxiety and depression, it doesn't matter how much personal development work an individual does, they're always going to default back to that biochemical set point. So in through this project, I wanted to look at, all right, how does the psychology and biochemistry work in tandem? And how do we, I guess, create a format to help people easily understand, is it a psychological issue or is it actually a biochemical one? Because if it's a biochemical one, there are a lot of certain changes that can be made and made very quickly to help people see improvements. So it's been, it's been an incredible journey. I never in a million years would have thought it kind of would have unfolded like it did. No, I mean, that's why I loved your stuff when I first started getting into it because I thought, because I've suffered with depression when I was younger and I couldn't understand why taking the tablets, trying to go for exercise, try to be healthier, you know, use a sad lamp, why it wasn't really working for me as such. And it was actually just numbing the problem. It wasn't actually dealing with the issues. And I think it was like, the, I think who it was previously, um, 
I'm just looking at the book. I've actually just found it. It's the Ultra Mind Solution, and um, that yep. kind of opened me up into the idea of it's what we eat as much as what we actually think and how we act. And then that's why I was such a big fan of your material because I loved that concept on one of your videos where you said about how you can take somebody who's a world class performer, but if you remove vitamin D from them, that they'll start getting miserable and yep. depressed and that kind of blew me away is we all look at these guys and think, oh, well, you know, what's his routine? What's his way of thinking? What's his pr protocol, procedure? But none of us actually think, what's he eating? How's he eating? What's, how's he working with his kind of chemistry? So how would you describe biohacking if somebody's completely new to this? You know, if they were completely oblivious, yeah. you know, that's probably the first question I get when I mention biohacking. <laughs> Yeah, so biohacking to me is about how do we change our internal and external environment to help achieve peak performance. So most of what we look at when we are looking at these other peak performers is we look at their external environment in terms of kind of, well, I guess d different internal factors as well and including what they eat. But we fail to consider, okay, where do we live? Are we being exposed to too much pollution, which is obviously a toxin and can cause inflammation within the brain. In fact, one study that was pretty shocking to me that I came across in this process was a study that uh, looked at male teenagers living next to a highway. They found that because there was a large amount of pollution off of the highway, that toxin was actually increasing the likelihood of aggression in these male teens. And like you mentioned before, how I discussed in my videos, if you deplete someone of vitamin D, then obviously that can trigger depression. So the self-help industry, which I love, and I don't want people to think I'm bashing it, but we kind of just look at the psychology, but we don't consider all of these other factors that play a very real part. And second of all, it's one approach fits all. And that's mm. simply not the case. There's something known as bio-individuality, uh, biochemistry is as unique as a fingerprint. So what works for someone else may not work for another individual. So the practice of biohacking is really looking at our own individual biochemistry, seeing what we can change and affect through obviously the right help through the right professionals, and then seeing how that also changes our psychology. Because psychology will get you so far um, there's an amazing story I actually share it in my book. One of my friends is a clinical social worker and she'd been working with this patient for, I think it was five years. Now, this patient had been suicidal on and off for the entire five years. And what would happen is they'd do a session together. The session would go relatively well, but she would always, always, always default back to her biochemical set point. And as we were writing the book, my friend actually approached me and said, hey, Ben, my client actually had a vitamin D test and they found minute traces of vitamin D in her system. There was next to nothing. So she started supplementing with vitamin D. Within a week, she felt better. Several weeks after that, she actually left her job, started a brand new career that she'd wanted to do for years. She started reconnecting with friends and family that she'd completely cut off from in the past. And this is after five years of psychological work. It came down to, for her, and I'm not saying for everyone, but for her it came down to the fact that there just wasn't enough vitamin D in her system. 
So her brain was in this constant state of distress, which meant trying to have any connections, friendships or relationships becomes extraordinarily hard because there isn't the mental bandwidth to process those interactions, hence we kind of retreat into ourselves. So when, a, when people are trying to get healthy, psychology is obviously one of the key parts, but when you biohack the biochemistry side of things, the personal development work, in a lot of instances, it's either not really necessary to the degree it was before, or it becomes highly, highly effective because people's brains are finally working how they should. Yeah, that, I just love that approach because when the more reading of your stuff and the, the experiences of some of your clients and, you know, it was amazing to see how upping like a certain type of chemical or a vitamin or mineral could change an entire life and it, it blew me away that this wasn't like a, a standard approach <laughs> yeah. and it's like you say it's whenever you read self-development it's one way fits all you know it's here's five things to do in the morning that will change your life and you think yeah that's coming from an okay starting point that's not if you're down and you know you're dealing with indigestion problems inflammation all these kind of things so do you have to use these in conjunction or do you just yeah. work solely on like, you know, is the stomach the key to improving everything? The stomach's definitely the key. What I would say is that kind of throughout this process, I created a formula for people to help really get them to understand what the root of their rut is. So with that formula, we must address both biochemistry and psychology because if you're just running on psychology, say willpower, now willpower is a finite resource, it runs out, people end up burnt out, fatigued, depressed, not caring about anything. But when you have biochemistry as part of that combination, as part of that formula, then it's a far more comprehensive approach. So when we, through the work that I do, we actually have a free online quiz at areyouunstoppable.com People take a 30-part questionnaire and that also does discuss gut health. It asks what their gut health is like as a whole and that actually gets a score. But at the end of that, it will actually give people what their identity type is. So the different identity types are catalyst, synergist, guardian and defender. And the way that I look at this is imagine that you've got a goal that you want to bring to life. Imagine a light globe. For the gold to come to life, you've got to light the light globe, right? But you need energy to be able to power it. So attached to that light globe, we actually have a battery. Now, in that battery, that is broken up into the four identities. So we look at the battery in terms of, okay, there's 25% charge, 50% charge, 75%, and then obviously 100%. The defenders, they're 25% charge and below. So they're severely depleted. Now, these are the individuals that are most likely depressed, uh, they're suffering from exhaustion, they're just physically and emotionally depleted. Just above that, 25 to 50%, they're the guardians. So they're guarding what limited resources they have left over. So they've switched into what I call self-preservation mode as well as what the defenders have done. So self-preservation mode gets turned on when our biochemistry is depleted or we're psychologically and emotionally depleted. That's when we go from our prefrontal cortex, which is in control of personality, rational thinking, emotional management, 
into our fight or flight, the primal mind. So when we enter the primal mind, we go into unconscious creation because we don't have access to our rational mind. So our behavior is totally irrational. We start acting out of character, and that is also a symptom of not being in our prefrontal cortex. Then when we get above the 50% threshold for, I guess, base peak performance, you've got the synergists and catalysts. So they're in their prefrontal cortex. They're in conscious creation. They know what they're doing. They can rationalize the situation. They can calm themselves down and they can methodically work through everything that they need to do. But gut health, without a question, and we're seeing more research coming out every single week at the moment that's discussing the gut-brain connection. Um, In fact, writing the book, I took a gut health test. So (laughs) this sounds really sexy, but you actually send in a tiny fecal sample (laughs) and they do an examination of the bacteria that's in that fecal sample. And what they found with mine is that I had minimal amounts of bacteroids. Now, Bacteroids, a study that actually came out after the book was released, and we started making even more connections, but Bacteroids have actually been shown to have, there's typically less in an individual, in an individual who is depressed than a person who's not. Now, obviously, at the time of writing the book and taking all of these tests, I was depressed. That wasn't the only factor that was part of that depression, but it certainly appears to be one of the key factors. So there's more and more research coming out in this area. In fact, there are companies in China that are starting to create psychobiotics. So a psychobiotic is a combination of different bacteria that you take within a supplement that has been shown to change psychological behavior. So they've been uh, testing this on kids as well in the areas such as, I know there was one child with uh, tremors, I believe, the tremors reduced. Um, And there's been a whole ton of other work around that. So we're going to start seeing a lot of psychobiotics come out into the market probably later this year, and it's only going to start to grow. Yeah, I mean, because when I did the I did the test uh, was it last night, I think, and I did it really quickly, but I ended up with Guardian. Okay. And I was like, mm. <laughs> I, 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 when I started reading the descriptions, I was like, oh no, and then I started thinking, okay, and then it was very the the report that you send is amazing and it really breaks things down and it, it's so detailed and once you get over the initial your you're doing quite crap if you want to put it that way <laughs> compared to what you could be you start to, it's brilliant because it comes with its own solutions you know and, and i have gone through just like a depressive state recently where yeah. i was uh, had to go back onto medication and things like that and nothing was working for me you know and then i started doing jiu-jitsu then i started eating correctly again and all of a sudden you know wouldn't you know things started it was it was just after a really stressful part at work and i was thinking okay so I've come off them, and what a difference! It's like part of me, like it's like they've only numbed the problem symptoms; they've not fixed the problem. Yeah. And I would definitely put that down to what I was eating and how I was eating, and you know, like the minerals and stuff like that. So, like, say if you got, if you're like a guardian just now, for example, say somebody listening gets the same thing. Take me for example. What would you recommend as the next three steps for somebody? 
Yeah. So the first thing is to understand when you take that quiz, the reason why I've decided to give people an identity type is that identities change. So you can be a guardian for maybe 60 minutes of the day and then tomorrow you're back up to like synergist or catalyst status. And I found it quite empowering with myself if I've had an off week or an off few days. It's like, that's all right. I'm just like in guardian mode right now. This will pass. I've just got to make these changes. Mm. So I've really designed a way to empower individuals. If someone is a guardian or defender, I would recommend actually going to see a functional doctor. Now, functional doctors differ from the typical GPs. A functional doctor looks at the body holistically. So they look at how everything interacts with everything else. Um, I also find that they're more up to date with a lot of the latest research. When you go to a typical GP, unfortunately, the system is set up in a way that you're lucky to get five to 10 minutes with that individual. I, I still don't know how it's possible for people to di- diagnose issues correctly within five to 10 minutes. Um, and a lot of that comes down to personal biases what one patient has experienced will most likely be reflective of what another will experience which may be the case in some instances it certainly wasn't in mine um so that is one step i'd recommend for people to do and go to the functional doctor and get the full blood panel done is there any depletion especially in vitamin d magnesium but especially for men also get your testosterone levels checked out um when I was trying to get help in Australia, I had a naturopath who'd actually helped me quite a lot at that time suggest I go to the doctor and get a testosterone test done because I'd been exhibiting all of those symptoms of low testosterone. Well, my doctor flat out refused because there's a lot of bad information around testosterone. We kind of automatically assume it's the overjuiced bodybuilder taking too many steroids. But the reality is when we look at different environmental factors, there's a lot that can cause low low testosterone in men, especially certain chemicals in the products that we use, whether it's washing ourselves in the shower or our deodorants. So low testosterone, especially for men, is a major concern. I think it begins to drop after the age of, I think it's around 36, and obviously that drop increases as we get older. The other thing that I would recommend, which is kind of a quick win for a lot of people, it's not like it will necessarily work for everyone as a whole, but it's well worth trying. And that is actually taking the supplement L-tyrosine. So L-tyrosine is an amino acid, and it's actually a precursor to some of the most important neurotransmitters in our brains. So the tyrosine actually produces three main neurotransmitters. That is dopamine, so that's mood and motivation, so feel good. Norepinephrine, which is for muscle recovery and blood flow, which is especially great, blood flow is especially great for brain health. And of course, adrenaline for focus and drive. So L-tyrosine out of all of the supplements that I have tried and I get companies sending me supplements wanting me to review them all the time, L-tyrosine is a basic one that I always, always come back to because it gives you the energy. And I also find that if I've got some brain fog, the tyrosine will get rid of that brain fog. I'll be able to focus a lot longer than if I didn't have it. Uh, The other good thing is that it is very well studied. So there is a particular study that the military used, uh, did on it, where they put 
their participants into some extreme situations. And they found that the old tyrosine actually helped in those situations, not just with mental function, but increasing the tolerance of stress. And Mm. uh, it's a sad reality, but in a, a current era where we're bombarded with social media, cortisol is constantly being spiked. We never actually get to switch off. And if we don't reduce our cortisol levels, then that will affect us. Um, The other supplement that I would recommend that's also well studied is ashwagandha. Now, there is a specific brand. It's called KSM22. That's the trademark formula. So ashwagandha KSM22. Now, the studies on ashwagandha have found that it can reduce cortisol levels by up to 30% which is massive. So if I've got a really full-on week, and I can tell you right now, this week is intense. I'm writing video scripts. We're producing a brand new product. We're editing videos. Like this week is insane. So I'll up my dosage of ashwagandha and L-tyrosine to kind of help get through the week to make sure that I'm at my best, I get through it, and I'm not spiking my cortisol levels. I'm at least managing my cortisol levels. Because when the cortisol spikes, that's when we also, once again, switch into the self-preservation mode where our body literally has to prioritize our vital bodily functions over our goals because our goals become a life or death situation because we have an energy deficit. We don't have the energy to achieve those goals. So an excuse could simply be that someone's in self-preservation mode and it's trying to put their ass on the couch for rest and recovery. So that's some of the kind of few of the little tips for those two. That uh, it blows me away how structured and like you know easy some of the fixes could be, but it may, it really hits home like how the standard approach to like depression is it's all in your head. You just need to think positive. You need to get out and do more. You know you need to be more social. But of course, the stuff that we're eating and interacting with our environments, the chemicals, the stuff we're putting on our bodies, in our bodies, on top of our bodies, you know, like hair gels and all that kind of stuff, of course, they're going to be affecting us. But it's very, it goes against traditional mainstream thinking. You know, when somebody says, oh, I'm depressed, they just say, oh, well, you need to be outside more. We don't think about that side of things, you know. Does it annoy you in that kind of sense? It does. There was actually, talking about this actually reminds me of a video that's gone viral on Facebook and it kind of drives me crazy to a degree. It's about, uh, they visited, I think, a man in this village who was depressed. Um, I think his partner had left him or something like that. So they gave him a cow. I believe that's the story. You may have seen it. And they're saying that the cow, and because he was able to farm again, they gave him purpose and he was able to work his way out of depression. Now, when we look at that scenario, yeah, I can see that helping because in that scenario, and obviously to make an assumption here, I would say that level of depression is obviously caused by psychological issues. But the thing that wasn't discussed in the video was that that individual is in a village. They're not exposed to toxins. They're not exposed to pollution. They're probably eating a very healthy and clean diet. Uh, so no highly processed food. So it's kind of taken biochemistry out of the equation. And it's 
really cherry picking what the issue could have been. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's that kind of, I think, misinformation, not telling the full story that really misleads a lot of people. And being in the self-help industry, like I said earlier, like when I tried to tackle this problem, I tried to tackle it with the self-help framework, which was I was still meditating, I was still doing my gratitude journal, I was still doing everything I was doing before when I was fit and healthy, but all of a sudden it wasn't working. So we need to look at both sides of the equation because it is different for everyone, but I do wish people would consider the full picture because I think it's it's highly dangerous not to share the full picture with people because if they do think that, oh, they just need to change one thing in their life and it's just a psychological issue, if that change doesn't work, that individual will blame themselves, which could create a downward spiral, which did in my case. Um, thankfully, I worked my way out of it. But for other people, when you're in the guardian or defender state, like I said, you don't have access to your prefrontal cortex. So rational thinking to rationalize a problem is incredibly hard. You're going to act irrationally and you're going to do things that aren't necessarily for your greater good, but you're not aware that they're not for your greater good because you're not able to rationalize. So I have a lot of empathy for people who are struggling with anxiety and depression, and they're just purely trying to fix it with psychology without looking at the other side of the equation. I also love that because when I've reading your like your PDF report, it made sense of a lot of times when I self sabotaged or I went back to you know like the comfort zone. Whereas I was thinking I was just needing a treat because I was feeling down or whatever. It made sense why I was doing certain patterns of thinking, and you know you get these people who are sitting there who are trying their hardest to like meditate and gratitude journal, all these kind of things that you see these top guys mention. But if you're working against yourself by what you're putting into your body, it doesn't matter what comes out of your mind. You're still only going to be getting 25% yes. of it. And that's what blew me away about your kind of work was, you know, and you're backing it up with research. You're not one of these guys that you see on here who just talk and they go, you know, it's their opinion, but they talk like it's fact. And because they've got maybe a big social media following, people go, oh, yeah, he must be right. And that's what annoyed me was yeah. you weren't like massive compared to some of these other guys because your stuff could actually, it's changing lives. And the comments I've seen from people was blow me away. But something I did wonder was, well, actually, I got more than one thing. Um, can Is this something that you have to do, like those kind of supplements? Is that something you have to take by supplementation? You know, what is stopping us getting that from food? Is it a case we can improve our diet or do we really need to be taking these things in addition, like in powder forms, shakes, all those kind of things? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. So one of the things that I looked at, and this was through my own experience, was At the time I was struggling with all these issues, I was following a food plan from a nutritionist. So it was a super healthy food plan, and yet I still didn't have enough vitamin D. I was also living in Florida at the time, which is a sunny state, hanging by the pool on the weekends trying to recover. And like even despite eating healthy, I still had nutritional deficiencies, and I wanted to know why that was. And there is research, there's one study that was out of Canada a few years back, and they found that 
particular nutrients in our soils have dropped significantly due to farming processes and magnesium is one of them. So if someone is feeling depressed or and anxious, I would highly recommend them grabbing some magnesium. But what they found is because the changing farm practices, because the nutrients are dropping, you could be eating the healthiest, cleanest diet in the world, but because our farming practices have changed, you may still not be getting all of the nutrients that you require. And to get that amount of nutrients, you're just not going to be able to eat that amount of food. And, you know, it's important to think about what our grandparents were eating. Rates of depression, anxiety and suicide are all going up year on year. And one of the things that is one of my greatest concerns is also with climate change. There are different studies that are coming out that show with high levels of carbon dioxide in the air, certain plants actually grow quicker, but their nutrient quality drops significantly. Like, I, I mean, really, really low. So as on a bigger world question is, what are we going to do about our food supply in relation to climate change? Because I can see that these mental health issues are going to keep growing. People will think they're eating healthy and they're getting everything that they need, but they may not which is why it's important to go to the doctor, get the blood panels done. So when it comes down to supplementation, I would recommend an individual do it in a personalized fashion, go to a functional doctor, find out what are the levels that you're going to need fixing vitamin D. I believe it's 76% of the US don't get enough vitamin D. Um, and I think it's around 46% of the US don't get enough magnesium. So there are a couple of things that people can start on. But with the supplementation, it is also important that when you're reading articles about supplements online, whether they work or not, there has been quite a number of misleading articles come out this year. One in particular was around vitamin D and the headline just read that vitamin D doesn't work. Now, when you read the article, it actually says vitamin D doesn't work in relation to, I think it was... Uh, increasing bone growth or calcium or something along those lines. But it totally missed out the other psychological benefits of vitamin D in relation to mental health. Now, someone just reading that headline would go, oh, crap, okay, I'll just throw out my vitamin D supplement. <laughs> but it's not that simple. So when we're doing the research and we're getting our test results back, do the research on these supplements, but make sure you're taking a larger approach at that research. Don't just make key assumptions. You also want to ask yourself, you know, how was that study set up? Who were, the who were they actually basing this study on? What was the focus of that study? So it is very... Who were the barkers? Sorry, what's that? Who were the yes, barkers? <laughs> exactly. You know, like which, which, which companies were involved? That's... Exactly. That's... That, that... That blew me away because just I never even considered about like farming methods, changing the soil, and you know, like how we're like with climate change and things like that, how that'll be affecting just what we grow out of the earth and how it's not going to be as efficient or the level isn't of quality isn't going to be there anymore. I mean, did that blow you away when you came, you found that, that was out? one or? of those, I think, once-in-a-lifetime questions you ask yourself, where are we heading as a population and can we really sustain what we're currently doing? And I really don't believe that it's just not being taken 
it's just not being taken importantly enough right now. When we look at climate change, typically it's the increase of sea levels, but we certainly don't link it back to our food supply. There is enough emphasis on our food supply and there's certainly no connection to the mental health issue. Because we're pushing just now, aren't we, with the, you know, you see all these kind of things of like we're running out of X, so we're going to be looking to eat, start eating more insects for the protein and we're going to be doing this because of that. But no one stops and thinks, well, we're destroying the earth, which means that what we're producing from the earth is going to be inferior compared to rest of the years. Yeah. And if more and more people are beginning to understand what we eat kind of affects our mental health, our peak performance and things like that, surely we're getting inferior food to fuel that and we're going to get inferior performance from it but it kind of and what we what we yeah what we're trying to do is we're eating inferior food and we're expecting the same level of psychological output those two things don't go hand in hand <laughs> like you can't you can't eat the same food and have the nutrient level drop and expect that you're going to be at your absolute best and expect that the same self-help strategies that worked 30 or 40 years ago are going to work today. Our environment has changed, but our thinking certainly hasn't. One shocking study, now this one really surprised me, was that there is a town in the US and uh, they produce oysters. What they actually found is that the oysters, they started finding traces of opioids in the oysters. And this was obviously through runoff through sewage water into the bay. Now, that's obviously pretty concerning as a whole. Opioids are already a problem, but the fact that it's actually starting to show up mm -hmm. in the food supply, we do really, I think, as a population, need to take a good look at ourselves and go, you know, guys, this isn't sustainable. And yeah, we like quick wins, but we got to think about the future generations here because we are setting them up for failure as we speak. Because we're producing our industries of like fast food and the stuff to free you know that's cooked basically to the point of distraction you just f microwave it for 30 seconds and you can eat it and you know yeah some of the stuff you can get in these frozen food places is terrifying you know and it's yes <laughs> it's, so you're gonna hate this next question but for somebody listening <laughs> who has i mean i've read up a bit more of this because i've kind of read previous books and i loved your material so i kind of got more and more into it but for somebody listening just now who's completely new to this what happens if they turn to you and say what about motley vitamin tablet what about just taking a protein shake at the gym is that not enough why do i need to think about all this other stuff you know why does it just go down to everybody being different or is it I'll maybe absorb parts of the multivitamin at different rates compared to somebody else or, you know, why can't we just fix it with that one tablet that solves everything? Yeah, unfortunately us as human beings, we're just not that simple. <laughs> <laughs> we have so many complex biochemical processes that are happening every single second and we do all have that bioindividuality. So if someone's taking one supplement and expecting huge returns on that supplement, but their gut health is completely out of whack, that may lead to malabsorption. So they're not able to absorb the nutrients from the supplement, nor will they be able to absorb the nutrients from the food that they're actually eating, which is why if someone's kind of wondering, should I take supplements or not, just the proof is in the pudding. Get the blood test done and actually find out. Don't assume anything. And part of this process for me is, I always live by the rule, which is uh, 
uh, prove your assumptions right or wrong, but just prove them. <laughs> I love that. I, and it's something nobody does anymore. You know, it's like, I'm entitled to my opinion and I can talk complete nonsense on Facebook, social media, all these kind of things. And they don't need to back it up with facts because yeah. they, they have the right to opinion. And that's what drives me crazy is, I think there, there was a graphic ages ago where it was, the people it was like it showed the brain like a big brain on one on one graphic and a big brain on the uh, sorry a smaller brain on somebody else but the speech bubbles were inverted so like the person with the small brain was talking louder and longer than the person you know oh, and it was like okay. how you how you doubt yourself the like the more intelligent people will doubt themselves but the less intelligent people are the ones who are always throwing their opinion out always talking over other people always being aggressive and that's what I love about this show is I can get a chance to speak to people and let them get a platform to really kind of hit home because a lot of my audience are looking, you know, they've maybe been struggling for a while with the patient or can't seem to just get that win or just become a dad and want to be healthy for their kids. And how, yeah. when, from your, uh, do you find there's like certain red flags that you found with a lot of people's diets is there been like a general kind of, is it since the fad diets have started? Is it, you know, what what kind of commonality in the problems of diets, how we eat with like psychology have you found in the people you've worked with? Is there such a thing? I think, I think probably the base foundation of everything is definitely comes back to the gut microbiome. So it may not necessarily be what a person is always eating. It may be how their body is reacting mm. to that food. And food food sensitivity is one thing I looked at um, because at the time I suspected that I was highly sensitive to caffeine. So I completely kicked it out of my diet and I start, started feeling a little bit better, but it wasn't the only factor. And that's when I actually came across a story by the name of Ruth Wallen. She'd actually been admitted to a psychiatric hospital with personality disorder, as well as bipolar and severe depression. Well, thankfully, a doctor came along and found out that she was highly sensitive to caffeine. And caffeine was the root cause of all of her psychological symptoms. So, you know, when we look at the food that we're eating, it's not just of course, it should be healthy, clean, unprocessed, but we also need to consider, is it the right food for our body? One of my major triggers was, in fact, coconut. So when I was following the nutritionist plan, because I'm thinking, right, I'm on track. I want to get healthy. I've got to fix this issue. Started having coconut. Symptoms started getting worse, but I didn't connect the dots at the time because coconut was a huge fat then. <laughs> but then taking a food sensitivity test, that was one of the main triggers, cut it out of my diet for a full month and then accidentally had it in Vancouver in a Thai curry, didn't even think twice. I was depressed, angry and anxious for I think three or four days after that. And it took me a while because obviously I was in that fight or flight mode because my brain wasn't functioning properly. It took me a while to actually connect the dots and I sat down and said, all right, everything that I've eaten in the last 24 hours, what was it? And that's when I kind of realized that coconut was a major trigger. So it's not just about what we eat. It's also about the sensitivities in relation to that. I find that caffeine is a major, major issue. I mean, caffeine is a psychoactive substance. 
if someone has too much of it, it causes anxiety. It can cause panic attacks in worst case scenarios. But what we find is with the self-help industry, because we blame everything on psychology, we blame it on uh, mental well-being instead of going, oh, no, we actually consume something right here that's triggering all of this anxiety, depression and aggression right now. Why don't we remove that out and see if the psychology improves after that? So it's all these kind of little changes that can have a huge impact. It's just breaking it down, which can take some time. Well, now to my perfect time for a quick break to let you know about my affiliate deals, special offers and listener exclusives. These are available to you, my esteemed listeners. I have set up some awesome deals with some amazing companies. There are so many special offers, listener exclusive deals, discount codes available simply by going to www.nextlevelguy.com forward slash affiliates. That's www.nextlevelguy.com forward slash affiliates. There really is something for everybody here. It doesn't matter if you're buying a present for somebody or buying a present for yourself. It doesn't matter the occasion and it doesn't matter the budget. There's amazing deals there. You can go from companies, which including, but not exclusive to, Amazon, Bayblend, Barbell Apparel, Blinkist. You've got companies like Under Armour, Gainsbox, Geeky Sex Toys, if you want to ramp up a bit there. You know, companies like Grey's. You've got Mankind, Me Andes. You can go down the road of Mr. Skin, but trust me, that's not suitable for work. And then you've also got the likes of Onnit, My Protein. There's so much there. There's something for everybody. So use and abuse the discount codes. I'm particularly loving things like the Barbell Apparel jeans. They feel like tracksuit bombs. They're super soft and comfy. The Natural, which is from Real Social Dynamics and RSD Max, and that'll teach you how to become a natural woman and get the woman of your dreams. I'm currently eating and drinking the Jaffa Cake Protein from the amazing people at the Protein Works. And honestly, I think my wardrobe consists a lot, almost 78% of Under Armour t-shirts at the moment. I just can't stop buying them. They're super comfy. They keep you warm when you need it and cool when you don't. It's like the old thermos flask joke. I've no idea how. I'm not asking. They're just awesome. Get to www.nextlevelguy.com forward slash affiliates and have at it now let's get back to the interview cheers for listening and is this something that we can do ourselves like you know this kind of analysis and testing or is it better just to go and get the blood sample you know should somebody sit there and go okay i'm gonna take x out my diet for a week and see how i feel or does it need to be something that you have to get your base levels checked before you proceed yeah I would recommend people actually do the blood test. One thing that I was very hell-bent on with the book that I I wanted to validate everything through the research, not just assume things. Um, So you can get food sensitivity tests done. I would see a functional doctor for that. Um, You can remove things out of your diet and see how you feel. One thing that you have to be aware of, though, is that can be an extraordinarily hard process, which I tried to do at the very start because there are thousands of different food combinations. We go out for dinner on the weekend, we eat something, but because it contained four or five different ingredients, we don't know which one it was. Yeah. So I do recommend when people can afford to do those kind of tests, go and do them because at least you'll actually be able to validate how you're feeling and start to recover from there. Um, And you can do the food journal and it certainly does help at a very base level. Um, to kind of give people 
start of an inkling. I think most people know when you've consumed something, all of a sudden you feel like absolute hell after that or you're bloated or you've got diarrhea. The problem here, now I'm living in the US, when you come to the US, if you go to the drugstore, the pharmacist, there is a full aisle of different antacids of everything to kind of help alleviate stomach pains. Now, that's quite scary coming from Australia, considering there might only be like two or three different things on the shelves that you can take for those issues. But over here, people just keep eating the same foods that are causing the same problems and they're just taking some kind of tablet to help alleviate it. But that doesn't necessarily mean like in the case of food sensitivity, which could be causing inflammation within the body, that supplement might alleviate the stomach cramps, but it may not help alleviate any inflammation in the body, especially in the brain, which may be leading to brain fog and other health, mental health issues. Because that's, I love that term when I read it about brain fog, you know, it's like people immediately can associate with that and understand what you mean, you know, from it. Because I'm sure we've all had like the midnight cravings, the sugar cravings and things like that. I mean, yeah. is this the kind of, like, why is this kind of not more well known? Is it because the way media and these kind of food companies have the monopoly on like the power to buy advertising and, you know, people kind of say, oh, that's new age nonsense and stuff like that. You know, why aren't we more aware of this? Like, I think, I think part of the problem is the information is out there, but it hasn't necessarily been pieced together in a comprehensive way. So you may see one article, but it's only one piece of a massive patchwork quilt, for example. So, and that's one of the reasons why I tried to com- complete certain formulas so people can kind of get a full grasp and go all right this goes in this area this goes in this area so i think once people have that framework when you read the information online you can better put it into context um i think there is a major movement happening in the biohacking space at the moment which has definitely been led by dave asprey who is a world famous biohacker absolute great guy he's got a team of doctors that work on work through his supplement company so there are individuals like that that are really moving things forward in a very large way and i think it's only going to keep increasing and i think it will keep increasing as people keep going to their typical gp and they're just not getting the answers they need they're getting given a medication to cover up a side effect instead of actually finding the root cause People are seeking that much more. Uh, Dr. Joseph McCullough is another great one who I had the honor of sitting down and interviewing a few, a couple of months back. He gets millions of website visitors every single year. So people are starting to look Mm. for it. But the problem, the problem always comes back to the fact that if someone is in self-preservation mode, they're most likely not really actively seeking that information because they're not in their rational thinking. Yeah, you're just coping. And that's, yeah, that's that's the challenge. How do you, and that's one of the biggest questions through this project is how do you actually help those people that aren't necessarily being rational right now, which can be a bit of a challenge, but thankfully we're getting through to those individuals by helping them understand what's going on with their mindset. I mean, we've, we've had some amazing stories come back. We've, There was one guy who was suicidal on and off for the past 10 years, young kids. He wrote me an enormous message just saying, thank you so much. I finally worked out why. 
after all of these years and I'm back on track. So I think it's just one of those things like you just have to keep chipping away. Because it, it must be soul-destroying to be doing everything. Well, in fact, I, I probably know it is. You know, and you do the things that everybody's recommending. You try your hardest to be more social. You go out and you're just fed up with everything and you can't figure it out that it's not so much what's going on in your head it's more the you know what you're putting into your body and what's you're absorbing from around about because I, I interviewed i think you mentioned earlier yeah. um in one of your videos about you hate how you don't like the hustle every day mentality that you know our society seems to be gripped by yep. and i interviewed um andrew silito and he's very much into that as well the whole mentality about how it's stupid how we're destroying ourselves you know that it, we need to have like breaks and be healthier and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, what is it that you particularly dislike about this kind of let's work ourselves every five minutes? You know, like you should be having your side gig and you should be doing X, Y, Z every time, not watching TV. What is it like you particularly don't like about it? I think it's it's numerous factors. I mean, I grew up in that environment. I grew up in Australia on a cattle farm. Um, this was a huge property so we always we went through a drought for seven years so we were always taught kind of growing up you've got to do whatever it takes and in that environment we really did have to but that pays a huge there's a huge price to pay for that and my biggest concern is around the suicide rates around especially around founders of startups who have taken on this massive responsibility they're working themselves to death but what we've got to understand is you can't pay a high psychological price without paying a high biological one. And that is not factored into the hustle until you die culture because psychological work takes a lot of neurotransmitters. And if those neurotransmitters, such as the dopamine, norepinephrine, adrenaline, are all being depleted every single day and they're not being replenished, then it's just going to keep worse and people are going to spiral out of control. And they may get told from a doctor, are oh, you here, take this antidepressant, for example, without actually addressing those other underlying issues. So it's always covering up the symptom and not treating the cause. But that whole culture is, I'm very anti-hustle until you die culture. I mean, I've lived it as well. I've experienced it running my own business, always having to work. But I realize now how damaging that is, especially to my focus, concentration and energy. So I actually use a device that's called Muse, so M-U-S-E. It's actually a wearable headband that teaches you how to meditate because most of us really don't know how to meditate, if we're honest. You put it on and it provides biofeedback through the use of sound. So when your brainwaves actually calm down, you start to hear birds chirping. So it's a signal for you to recognize, okay, I'm in a calm state. This is what it feels like. So I can recognize it in the future. But if your brainwaves start spiking, your, your mind becomes overactive, all of a sudden you'll hear like the wind pick up or the waves start to crash. So that's your cue to calm things down again. And what I find is by doing that for 15 minutes morning as well as night, I'm much more calmer throughout the day. If I'm working on a project that's starting to feel overwhelming, take some time out, use the device or use a quick visualization to see everything working out and then reset instead of just trying to push my way through it. 
because we all hit a point of diminishing returns. And that's where a lot of these individuals who are in the hustle and two day culture, they're just hitting diminishing returns every single day because they're in the self-preservation mode. They're not making the right decisions for the greater benefit in the long term. So I'm certainly not a fan of it. <laughs> I think that's pretty clear. <laughs> well, I mean, I did, I, I did notice you really are very keen on sort of like weightable technology, like, you know, that kind of the, the gadgets and devices that really kind of help fix things, right? like send reminders, postural fixes. Um, you know, I think I've seen a video where there was uh, gadgets you wore on your wrist yep. to kind of create feedback loops and things like that but like is technology is this a good thing the way technology is advancing and making these kind of like sleep sensor apps and all that on your phone and your health reading and monitoring sessions are these good for us to use or do they give us a kind of a blank picture and fill in just a few of the dots rather than give us like the, the details that we really need you know where we think oh we're healthy but we're not seen the major issues? Or, do you know yeah, I mean? the, what I found is there are certain devices that the devices that I recommend for people are especially around uh, tracking biometrics and especially sleep. The devices such as Aura Ring and even BioStrap are incredible. And what I found with those particular devices that are providing this biofeedback is even with the Aura Ring, when I first started testing that, I suddenly uncovered that I was only getting five to 15 minutes of deep sleep per night. Now, I had no idea. So when you go to a doctor, they don't say that all they ask is, okay, you're getting seven to eight hours of sleep per night, which yes, I was, but I wasn't getting the most restorative stage of sleep. Now, the issue with people who don't get deep sleep is toxins actually build up in the brain, which can result in depression. Now, I never would have worked that out if I hadn't actually been able to track that biofeedback. And the good thing with these devices is that it allows to take a bigger kind of world picture of what's actually going on by tracking it week after week. If you go into a doctor, it's a snapshot of time of how you're feeling, how your body is behaving within that 10 minutes. So it's not necessarily an accurate snapshot of the bigger picture. And that's what I found by using them is yes, of course, people can get obsessed with it, but it's going to give people information that they never would get otherwise. And it's also information, you can take it to your doctor. Some doctors will look at it. They can't provide a diagnosis on that data because it's not not a medical study per se, but it can give them a bit of more indication of what they could recommend in their uh, how to get better, for example. The other thing is with the other wearable devices, what I kind of found throughout doing the book is everything that we need to put our attention on right now, I'd say 90% of our attention should be retraining our mind and learning how to switch off our primal mind, the fight or flight function. So I've been sent a few different devices in the past week. They're kind of coming hard and fast at the moment. But the ones that I like the most, they're the touch points, as you mentioned. So it's a wearable uh, they look like two watches. You wear them on both wrists and it provides bilateral stimulation. So what they've found in studies is bilateral stimulation actually calms the amygdala, gets you out of the fight or flight and puts you back into your rational mind. And we've had some very extreme scenarios on it, helping people with like a 40-year-old phobia, 
a friend who had to get rushed to the um, emergency ward because there was a gash on his head, put them on him. He calmed down within about five minutes. By the time we got to the emergency ward, you could see that the adrenaline had had left his body. He was laughing, he was joking, he was just taking it in his stride. And I look at these wearable devices as an extra tool that people can use that can just help them where maybe they can't quite get their psychology up to speed. The other thing is that there are a lot of unintended benefits from these devices and certain behavior changes that can occur out of this. So my friend who we helped with a 40-year-old phobia is once she'd gotten rid of that phobia, her relationships from the past completely evolved. There were certain things, traumas that had occurred at a very young age that she hadn't been able to deal with and it manifested itself as this phobia. So once the phobia was rid of these other issues, she said to me in tears one day, she's like, Ben, I finally feel free for the first time in my life. So here we are focusing on the phobia, but it was actually kind of disconnecting all of these other neural connections in her mind about what had actually happened in the past. So there are a lot of benefits, especially over the long term, in using them. So I highly recommend them. There's some great studies around what's being done with the devices. I love that. And it was like your your friend with the, the fear of the water. Yes, that's right. Yep. And Deep that- fear of deep water yeah and it it was quite amazing to see how you can have something for almost like your entire life and how it can be fixed with sort of manipulation and control and you know use of something where it's like when you you're you know the friend that wore them when he went to the like i think we call any like emergency room yeah yep you just assume that the person's going to be stressed. You just assume the person is going to be full of anxiety because they're hurt and they're angry, you know, but no, at no point would you would expect somebody to say, here, put these on and calm them down. You know what I mean? No. <laughs> these are just something where we just assume that the situations, we're so used to it that we don't even think, you know, is there a way we could fix that? We just think, oh, no, we got to put a gash on here and wait till we get to the hospital. Then they'll give a painkiller. Then we'll fix, that'll be it fixed. And it, it's, I think we kind of forget that these are side effects that can actually be fixed. So, and uh, yeah, there's uh, just another quick important point is when you look at these two individuals, especially my friend with the trauma, is she tried all the psychological work on it in the past. Part of the problem with doing that therapeutic work is if the individual has to relive those certain traumas in those sessions, people can potentially be re-traumatized. So by actually using these devices, you don't actually necessarily have to do talk therapy. It's just putting you back in your rational mind. So after a while, you start think you actually start problem solving things naturally, without having to relive those bad memories. Now they are also being used in combination of therapy, and they're getting far better results by doing it. Because if we think about something that's traumatized us in the past, we're most likely going to switch on fight or flight which is could potentially deepen that problem even further. But if we can get people back in their rational mind and then talk about those psychological issues, then they're in a much better state to actually be able to deal with them effectively. And I think 
that's the most transformative thing I've seen in all of my years of working in the personal development field to be able to see someone just put on a simple pair of things that look like watches and they just vibrate but the behavior change from that and not having to have that person relive what they went through is just such a huge blessing and it's so transformative for so many people even if it's just on a daily basis I mean, I use them when I have to sit down and write because if I start to get overwhelmed, I hit my fight or flight function, then I'm not going to be able to be in that peak mental state. So I'll just sit there with them on. They just vibrate back and forth and I will get a ton more writing done <laughs> than if I was feeling overwhelmed. It's, it's amazing to think like that all it needed was somebody to create something like that and how life-changing that can be. And I think that's the thing is you could spend years working with somebody but if you weren't fixing the kind of inbuilt you know, programs that they ran at certain points and then like what was causing it from the point of view, it didn't matter what you did because they were never going to be able to absorb the kind of the, the self-development from that. And it's amazing to see that within a today's society that these things are becoming more and more readily available. Um yeah. I mean, we've been talking for an hour and I've not even covered like 9,000 9, things <laughs> I wanted to cover. Are you okay for a few, are you okay for a few more? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so did all this come from like un- kind of create towards unstoppable? You know, this is a time to really sell your program because it, all I could find was positivity. I tried Googling different ways to find what, you know, other people have said about it and all that. And I couldn't find anybody that really hated it. Um, I couldn't really find anything negative, <laughs> you know. That's good. So <laughs> how would, if somebody was really keen about this, I mean, you've kind of blown me away and we've only just started covering the, the top of this. And I've definitely got to get you back on and really get into this more and more. But what would you say, your, how would you describe your program? Why does it work so well? I would explain it works so well because it's so comprehensive and it's certainly not a quick fix. And I don't want anyone to think that whatsoever. There are so many quick fix programs out there, but they don't factor in the full picture. So at the course of the 13 weeks, we cover everything from looking at food sensitivities, how to assess side effects from medications. If you're actually going to a doctor, and this is a big one, if people are getting normal results back, but they still feel like shit, then actually going back to the doctor and actually asking, uh, am I at the high end or the low end of that normal range, say for vitamin D or testosterone, for example? One of the things that I discovered in talking to a doctor is that the medical guinea pig is a white 30-year-old, 70-kilogram male. Now, if you think about our general population, (laughs) that's certainly not a general example of that kind of fits everyone, especially Mm -hmm. females. So I teach people through the course how to ask better questions and also how to ask better questions with the right doctors. We also go through visualisation practices, expose them to what are the latest wearable techs, why I would recommend which one and why. And we do delve deeply into the world of nootropics to look at, okay, what are the natural supplementations that can give your brain a boost now, get you back in your rational mind so you can start troubleshooting these problems. I know without the natural nootropics, I wouldn't have been able to access my rational mind for long enough to be able to do this kind of project. So it's a very life-changing course 
for many individuals, they're finally getting to the root cause. And the other thing is that through all of this, I do recommend people validate the way that they're feeling by getting those blood panels done and not just assuming anything. And I think the issue with a lot of self-help information at the moment, it's assuming that everyone is at the same biochemical standpoint as someone who's depressed or not depressed. So the same psychological practices apply. And that's simply not the case. And it's, yeah, it's dangerous at best. So I've gone to very <laughs> high degrees to make sure that it, it's it's a program that I'm really proud of, that we're getting some incredible results from. Because that's the part that blows me away is that all of this self-help stuff and, you know, like all of the stuff that people are putting out, all this assumes that everything's fine with you, you know, that we're just going to be able to take it, understand it and use it. And that's why a lot of people, I think, are kind of banging against these things. You know, like when when they try it, like these kind of like, you know, you get these books from like Tim Ferriss and all these kind of people. And, you know, they're probably taking all these kind of supplements themselves well before they get into this. But we just take them after eating a Big Mac and, you know. (laughs) and then you kind of wonder why you're not getting the same kind of results and why we're kind of like falling back and like self-sabotaging and stuff like that and yours was the first stuff that's really kind of made sense in that avenue of like why are we doing this why are we not able to just pick this up and get into it you know i mean do you find that the people that you work with when they take the like when they make these changes to their diet and their health and that, do they struggle with the changes in their psychological output or does it just become the new norm for them? I think that the psychological changes become tremendously easier once they've alleviated the issues of brain fog and fatigue. I think anyone trying to make a habitual change while they've got brain fog and fatigue is extraordinarily hard, which is why you know, taking L-tyrosine or the ashwagandha to reduce cortisol and alleviate that brain fog is a really good, easy step for individuals to take and then kind of start with there and then start making those other changes after it. But I think one of the simplest things that people can do is when they sit down to do their diary on a daily basis, actually answer some questions. Did I get enough sleep? Did I wake up feeling refreshed? How is my gut health today? Am I going to the toilet regularly, which a lot of people aren't with fast food at the moment, which can cause a whole host of other issues? Um, Am I stuck in negative looping thoughts? And that is a really great starting point just to get people to understand where they're currently at before they start making those changes and to help them understand, okay, you're most likely in self-preservation mode. Just recognize it for the time being and then start making those changes once you've alleviated brain fog and it will become a lot easier. And I think the important thing for us is we have a very fast Facebook group community is people are sharing their stories. In the book, I shared a story of a friend back in Australia who actually found out her breast implants were leaking. Now, she'd been going to the doctors for months complaining of all of these neurological symptoms. She'd gone to the emergency ward and then she did her own research and said, I actually think it's the breast implants. And she went to a doctor and said, I want to get them taken out. And the doctor's kind of like, no, 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 go away, think about it. And just like, no, I want them taken out. 
Anyway, she got them taken out. They were leaking, which obviously was impacting neurological functions. There were also a few other issues not related to that, but we all know that leaking breast plants is not going to do our body any good. One of our members in the group actually read the story in the book. She was exhibiting similar symptoms and she also found out her breast implants were leaking. And that just blows my mind. And I think it's important through the stories of our members that we share these different stories. And they may seem a one-off story, but you kind of find out that they're not the one and only story there is. And it kind of helps to inspire others to go, oh, maybe it's more than what I'm thinking it is. Maybe it's something else. Maybe I should consider different options. Maybe I should just work to rule everything out and not assume anything in this process. I need to get that medical data to support this. It's uh, To be honest, it's kind of really blown me away this because the number of things I was thinking about working on myself, you know, it's like why some, like that my diet was poor and why sometimes I react badly to this, <laughs> why sometimes I, I'm just thinking just now how many of them, like, you know, sometimes struggling to concentrate and all that kind of stuff and stressful situations is like a lot of this is going to be linked to my diet and I'm really keen to kind of go and get this tested. So if, if, for those listening, which I hope it's more than one of you, um, how do you <laughs> find a doctor like that? Do you just go on Google, find somebody in the local area and self-refer yourself or does it need to be, like, do you have to go through your own doctor to push you know, No, you... You should be able to just jump on Google, um, search for functional doctors. What I would recommend is always check out the Google reviews first before you go and see them. Uh, Functional doctors, just like GPs, is a very interesting industry. Um, You have to be careful with whoever you see. If they start selling you major expensive treatment programs, it may be worthwhile getting a second opinion just in case. Um, it doesn't matter what program they're recommending, it should be validated through the, the blood tests that are done. Um, there are a few cowboys in the industry that you do have to be careful about, which is why I do recommend reading those other reviews before you see that practitioner. Um, but also before you go to the doctor, and doctors hate this recommend, recommendation, by the way, but jump on Google and do a ton of research yourself. Doctors hate that. But, you know, if I hadn't have done that, I wouldn't be feeling better again. If if I hadn't done that, none of this, this project would have never come to fruition. I never would have worked out the root causes of my depression. And, like, one quick story, I was also suspecting my Ventolin medication was impacting my emotional well-being especially depression because i thought there could have been a link between summer hay fever season taking more ventolin to stop like the asthma as well as like the link to depression i found a whole lot of research on it my gp completely dismissed it told me i'll never get off of asthma medication well i accidentally now this was an accident (laughs) i accidentally biohacked my way out of asthma i've been a chronic sufferer my entire life taking ventolin every day because the preventatives have never worked i haven't taken a ventolin for it's over a year and a half now now i'm not saying i've got a cure for it but what i'm saying is that 
I really pushed myself to look at not just one cause of asthma, but multiple causes. And through this process, that was kind of a happy accidental biohack, <laughs> which has been incredible. I've been I'm sort of blown away by that because you hear all these kind of people for ages taking tablets and preventive measures and iron, extra extra iron tablets and all that. And all they needed to do was they find out years later it was actually, you know, they needed more of X in their diet rather than taking these extra supplements and wondering what. I remember I worked with a girl and she had about eight different kind of tablets she would take during the day because one would be supplementing this, one would fix that, one would do the side effects of the other two. And I just thought, yeah. that's just not worth That's not worth living. There must be more to it. And that was her going to the doctor and just getting them, oh, you're low on this, you're low on that, but not looking at why, you know, like what our diet was. And she was, like, you could tell she was unhealthy, but it was just kind of, well, fix the problems. And they weren't really, they were fixing some of the symptoms of the problems, but not the actual reason for it. And yeah, when I think back now, yeah. I'm, I'm realizing how life-changing this sort of stuff could be for her. Um, so is there anything in the program, your books, your research, is there anything that kind of changed you as a person, you know, that really kind of blew you away or kind of changed the deep-seated belief that you held about something yourself? I think for me, part of this process was actually having the confidence to put this information out of out there because I'm not a doctor, I'm not a psychologist, and you know, I take what I say to people very seriously. So I really put my feet to the flames in that we had three different editors work through the book before we did we published it. We spoke to neuroscientists, doctors, psychologists, clinical social workers. Then once we'd gone through that exhaustive process, we then sent it out to 60 people in draft form. They included psychologists, doctors, nutritionists, uh, world athletes, former NFL player. Like we're talking a huge selection of the most pro professional people out there, including a graduate from Harvard in public health. So we went to extreme lengths to make sure we're confident with this information. We've had the experts validate it. We have the scientific backing throughout the whole thing. So I think it's that process changed me a lot because at the very beginning of this, I was depressed and I was wondering, hey, if the doctors can't fix this issue, who am I to think that I can fix it? And that was, that was probably one of the biggest mental hurdles, hurdles to get over. So it's been very life-changing in that respect. I love that, that, you know, it's like that's probably a kind of great take-home message is that don't just believe what you're told, you know, really look into it for yourself and try to find and analyze and check and ask for second opinions because a lot of times people are fixing the surface issues. They're not actually fixing the stuff that's bubbling up from the below, you know, like they kind of like the iceberg, you only see the stuff on the top. They're not seeing the stuff that's on the bottom that's really causing it. And we're, you know, we're yeah. getting maybe side effects as well from the basic stuff. And I think that's when I had depression, I think that's like uh, what happened to me was it was just numbing everything. It was making me kind of cope and kind of exist to a certain thing. And then when I started eating better for the gym, when I was powerlifting and then the jujitsu, 
what a difference it made to me. That I couldn't understand why I never kept going repeatedly. Why I couldn't understand why I kept self-sabotaging. I couldn't understand why I kept getting the brain fog and struggling to concentrate. And this has really opened my eyes to some amazing potential. And it, it, this is why I'm delighted I've had you on. It's, we've, we've only just touched the surface of this. And I can see how this could literally change people's lives instantly. Well, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, there's one quick thing I just want to point out for people. If anyone is on medication, say antidepressants, for example, I just want to be clear. We're not suggesting for anyone to stop taking mm-hmm. them. I highly recommend going to the functional doctor, working through the root cause, because there may be withdrawal symptoms that people experience if they just do suddenly decide to ditch them. So just anyone who's taking them, yeah, I, I do believe with medications, they do have a place, especially in immediate preventative care around mental health <laughs> issues, as long as they're always working with a professional to find out what the root cause is and the medication isn't a long-term approach because as I found with the side effects from Ventolin, I did end up with low testosterone and I did later find out the Ventolin usage can decrease testosterone in men by i believe it's 22 percent which if you're already on the lower spectrum that that can have huge impacts on not just mental health but physical performance too so we need to look at the medications we're taking very carefully and consider all of those side effects but yeah there we're finding and it's probably been one of the most heartwarming things out of this whole project it has been changing life, so I'm I'm very proud of it. It was an intense project to do, but yeah, a very very rewarding one. Obviously, there's some people you know that need medication for psychological issues that these kind of things can fix. And I just want to reiterate, like what you said, is don't just jump straight off a of medication because you yeah. listen to this podcast. <laughs> but it is amazing how your work could potentially change lives and it must be such a positive thing and you know you should be severely proud of what you've done and it's i'm just wish that we made people like yourself famous compared to idiots like the, like the Kadassians, you know and <laughs> we, we focus on such stupid things in yeah. this society that we're and you know people talk about like live island and these kind of tv shows where this sort of thing could change their life for the better. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm hesitant, um, aware that I've taken up far, far more of your time than I said I would, but for those people, um, I've got to get you back on because we haven't even touched the surface, but for those people who want to get in touch, who want to get the program, who want to read your stuff, who want to get in contact with you, how do they do it? You know, Where do they find you? How can they be a, like a guinea pig almost for you? Yeah, so if they head to areyouunstoppable.com, so just areyouunstoppable.com, they can actually find, they can take the quiz for free online, they can grab the book. There's also a link to the 13-week challenge there. Um, We've also just this week launched a Fired Up and Focused course, which is all on productivity, but from the biohacking perspective. So it's a very unique productivity course that looks at all of the different options. So just head over to aunstoppable.com. It's all there. It's well, I really cannot thank you. Since I started reading your stuff a few months back, you know, that's why I was so keen to have you on. 
was it made me really think about what I was doing mentally, what I was taking, how I was adapting, and it's blown me away. So, you know, you definitely have had an impact on me. So we've got to get a second round in soon. Um, but the floor is open to you. Is there anything that's open, coming up just now? Is there, like, a, another program that's about to start? Anything that you want to promote? Yeah, so the only other thing is um, we actually have a mini docu-series, which is on my YouTube channel. So if you just type in Ben Angel to find my YouTube channel, I spent some time at a biohacking conference in Beverly Hills a couple of months back. So I interviewed Dave Asprey, Jim Quick, the brain and memory expert, Dr. Joseph McCullough, a whole ton of them. So we've got two of the episodes up on my YouTube channel right now. They're very cinematic. They're done as like full-on little mini documentaries and we've got some cool ones coming up. I'm actually going to be filming one talking about the effects of alcohol on the brain while I do shots. <laughs> so that, that, that one that one, I'm not sure how I'm going to feel the next day, but it'll make for fun viewing. Well, I cannot wait for that one. <laughs> and a good warning to people as well. <laughs> it would be a- Considering I'm not a drinker, I drink like maybe one glass a month or every two months. So, yeah. Oh, that um, one's getting, we'll that one's getting shared. I mean, I'll be putting all the links to this and like to your programs and that, and I really cannot thank you enough for today. And I think I've still got pages of more questions to go, so we'll have to get you back on. <laughs> but, um, for, but for now, I just cannot thank you enough. You're doing the fantastic work, and you know you should be extremely proud of what you're doing. And uh, you know, I hope you just keep going from strength to strength, and you get the credit that you deserve. And uh, you know, I'll be keeping an eye out, and um, we'll get you back on shortly. Thanks so much, Ian. It's been a pleasure. That's it for another week. Thanks for listening. Absorb it. Practice it. Use it. Until next time, keep trying to hit that next level in your life.